Hello, Charmies. You guys thought you got rid of us. Well, think again. We're back already. Most of you have listened to our latest episode of Forever Charmed. We attempted to do a live watch party on YouTube, but of course, under the heavy circumstances of the triad and the laws of magic, we have been shut down. A lot of you who did not attend the watch party live we're trying to listen to it or at least view it the next day and unfortunately we all came to the we all came to the realization that CBS has completely blocked us that particular episode and you can't view it at all so that means that we had to just put out what we captured in audio form have you guys listened to our last episode so what you heard was raw and uncut footage of how the watch party went we tried something new a risky moment and unfortunately it did not pan out the way that we wanted but it seems that a lot of you still love the episode and that's great i'm glad that our last one was not a complete failure or a disappointment be that as it may I attempted to watch the last episode live as a first reaction, meaning that I did not previously watch it, therefore couldn't take down any notes. Because we weren't able to watch the episode, there is a lot of thoughts, opinions, rants, and realizations that I, Rob, did not get to share. So welcome to the revisited and remastered final episode of Brunch with the Hollowells Forever Charmed. Picture the Madison, oh no, Mad, yeah, Madison Montgomery gif of surprise, bitches, we are back. <laughs> right. And I mean that with all the love in the world, uh, Charmies. I have to say, I'm glad that we had that moment with you, the Charmies that were able to come, the people viewing. I think it's actually something I'll remember for a long time a long time having that experience of the live discussion with everybody and the beautiful comments so if anything happens you know like if anything had to happen with that video i'm so glad we at least had the experience yeah yeah i don't regret any of it at all it's just in my head you know when you are doing the podcast let alone listening to it you have an idea of what the episode is supposed to be and how definitely and right now i is just not sitting right with me so it's just like i i want to be able to say what i was going to say had i watched the episode and it turns out that when i did rewatch it there was a lot that was missed (laughs) and so this is that episode uh before we get into that though i know that uh it's been a, a few days now since the announcement of rebecca balding a.k.a. Elise Rothman, who has suddenly passed away. Uh, it, yeah, it, it was a surprise. Apparently her cousin, I believe, posted something about it on Twitter. That's how I found out. And a lot of people were sharing fun moments and, and favorite moments of her from the show. She obviously has done a lot more outside of Charm, but this is clearly where I know and remember her. Uh, So I just want to read just some of the comments that at this point that was captured 
during this announcement. Uh, let's see. We have a lot of rest in pieces, you know, so sad. Oh, no. Uh, one person said, R.I.P. Fave Elise moments are when she's protective over Phoebe. Mm. Thought that was great. And we had another person. My favorite memory is the episode in Showgirl. She comes over to the house for the photo shoot with Phoebe, and Paige tells her she's not there. Angrily, she says, what? And Paige moves back a step in fear. I love that. I love that. <laughs> uh, I loved Elise. She was such a fantastic character, and Paige was clearly afraid of her. And, yeah, I think I responded with something like, she gives um don't you know watch with watch the next thing that you say to me face uh <laughs> there's anything else another was uh when she looked at phoebe like a daughter i cried like yes. a baby yep yeah so i mean elise definitely stood out right i mean she may have been a side character but the woman grew into someone to look forward to in each episode i thought and for me my post was you know she began as a ball buster but she became a surrogate mother to Phoebe, and I always enjoyed her screen time, uh, even though she wasn't heavily involved in sort of the overall mission of the show. But she she definitely made a mark. You know, it's so funny. I was talking to Cadu, um, one of our friends and charmies, and he was saying that it really hit him hard because if you think of it, yeah, she really is a big part of the second half of Charmed. And maybe she wasn't in a lot of episodes, but she made her mark. We all know Elise. I mean, and then we we at least got to have that one last moment in that episode when she is at the Bay Mirror and they, you know, she's suspicious of that that demon asking for Phoebe. So I love that we just had that. We were able to come back again for the finale, doing it again and be able to announce something like this. And then just really quickly, um, Alyssa says, Rebecca Balding was not only a wonderful actress, she was such a good person. I loved every minute I got to spend with her on Charmed. I have such fond memories of Rebecca and her husband, Jim, dancing at our rap parties. My heart goes out to all who loved her. I feel so honored that our press, our passes cross our paths cross in this lifetime rest in peace so i do love that that she has that memory of rebecca dancing at the charmed rap parties i wish we were at the charmed rap parties <laughs> uh, i don't know if it's because it's fresh in my head or or maybe this scene is just really boss of her i just really love her literal last moment on the show just yeah. her showdown with uh our demon i forget his name at the moment but just the fact that she knew that he was up to no good and refused to really comply and be like, where's Phoebe? And here she, you know, I just love this look like you, you can't have her. You're not getting, I, I'm not telling you nothing. Get out. Like, Oh, I just loved all of that. So yeah, really great. So we're going to get to our episode first, just a tiny moment of silence for Rebecca Balding. Thank you. Thank you. We will miss you, Rebecca Balding. Okay, so let's get to our episode. All right, real quick. Did we get a different play of the week 
Is it still the same as before, do you think? Oh, that's a great question. And you know, we didn't even answer, I think, half of our questions we normally do on our lives, so this is perfect. I'm glad we are doing this. Um, you know what? I think my play of the week is going to go to... And some one of our charmies brought this up as well, writing in the Book of Shadows at the end, because it is actually one of my favorite scenes of Charmed of all time. So that whole play, that scene, I am changing that to that. Rob? Me? I I don't know. A part of me wants to give it to the Uncle Coop moment. I just <sighs> I just love that moment. I just think the whole thing played out so wonderfully, and it was just such a shock. There was a lot of shocking moments, but uh yeah i i don't i love that uncle coop moment but the whole billy thing i just i just gotta i just gotta give it to her i'm just glad she just had the courage to just go through with it even though it was the hardest thing i'm sure she's ever had to do i didn't if i was there in that room i would not have expected her to so quickly just be like i gotta kill you so i i think i'm gonna keep it the same how about your MVP? Did it change? Okay, so it didn't. And Charmies, we had gone back to see because this the we had a whole um, Charmy challenge this whole season. So would Ryan pick Paige for MVP? And it turns out I picked her way less than. I even thought I would. So I picked the Charmed Ones for the finale. I'm still going with the Charmed Ones. And it seems that Paige is at a count of, out of 22, seven. Shocking. Shocking, really? shocking. Um, What about combined? Did you happen to record how many times I've said her? Yes, you said Paige Two times, poor Paige. Two okay, times. so that means we're under ten, even combined. So you How owe us some possible? money. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> or at least just recollection of you know. Wow. No, but I am. Sh- I, and honestly, I don't. I think I could speak for both of us. I really did take this charmy challenge seriously, and I did not not pick Paige. Matter of fact, I'm looking, and I picked Henry a lot of times, and. Piper, which is a shock. So <laughs> I think that's that's really a uh, testament to Piper's character this season. Very good, very good. I don't even remember who my MVP was from the last you, episode. You, I don't think you said it because it's actually blank on my list as well. Your Probably. last, day. okay. So after watching the episode, this is going to be really outside of the box again, as I do, but. To be fair, my MVP usually goes to the person that I think is a scene stealer, funny, stands out amongst all of, you know, the storylines and the characters that are happening. And my MVP goes to Fanola Hughes, Patty. I, I'm telling you, watching this episode, this woman was such a scene stealer. The, she the looks, she had all of the funny moments and she had great presence and it's just her discovering everything about the future whether it was good or bad just her interactions with victor and just how happy and giddy she was about her marriage and the confusion of like why blah blah blah, you know and her finding out about um their divorce oh my god her face just drops i'm going to talk more about that obviously throughout the episode but i just thought she did a fantastic job in this episode 
You know what, Rob? I Now that you mention it, that is so good that you mentioned her because you're right. And it really shows that their mother was such a warm, happy, caring person. So I, I do love her portrayal of, of Patty. And she was be- beautiful. She seemed like she was getting younger even by that at the season eight. Gorgeous. <laughs> All right. So as far as hot man meter, I mean, I believe we did talk about it. Nothing has changed. I think with Chris and Wyatt back, they both make it. I didn't really count them if they were ever in a flashback or anything like that. But them present in the episode, they are officially on the meter. Did they make the final 10? Who knows? You'll have to listen in on the quiz show to find out. Did you happen to add or subtract anyone from your list? I I'm definitely added one gentleman that showed up in. Hallelujah, it's raining, okay. All right. Well, I'm sure when he comes up, we'll, we'll talk about it. <laughs> okay. So some of the stuff you may have heard in the previous uh, episode from Ryan and I, but we're going to add a little bit onto that, mostly things that I didn't get to say from the previous. So here we go. Piper and Leo go to Phoebe's apartment where Phoebe took the Book of Shadows for safekeeping during the battle. While she looks for some kind of solution, Billy returns to magic school and confronts Domain, revealing that Christy is dead. Domain suggests she project herself back into the past to save Christy. So I think I said this before and I'll say it again is just this opening scene with Leo just constantly in this closing mode like the sisters are gone. We can't do anything about it. Let's go through the list. Elders can't help us. The book doesn't have anything. Let's let's shut the book, Piper. Let's shut the you- book. You know, it's going to be OK. Let's put the book away. They're gone. They're gone. We got the house to ourselves. He was not even remotely in mode of trying to fix this. And if again, if Pipe would have been the one that had died, he would have done literally everything, including going insane. Is there room for Wyatt and Chris in this loft? Is there a bedroom right over there? <laughs> we can stick them. You know, I just will have to say he must have had questions like, what the hell did I just walk into? Phoebe's got a loft? Phoebe moved out? What? <laughs> uh yeah and it and again it makes total sense that billy is all trusting to Dumaine. he is the only supporter that she's got now that christy's gone and no matter what is going on through his head like i can't fault her for wanting to you know kind of be on his side and and just be like okay you're my ally let's what are we gonna do next you know because a lot of yes. people i still would be like oh my god you dummy why are you doing you know it's just like It makes sense. She doesn't have anyone, you know, so. Piper and Leo arrive at Victor's and Piper breaks the news. Victor reveals he knows about Coop and Piper realizes he can help them. He used his ring to show Phoebe her past loves. She summons Coop and asks to borrow his ring so he can go back in time. Coop agrees, but warns it doesn't always work as desired. Because love is emotional, not practical. Leo goes with her, and Piper tries to focus on Phoebe. And the two of them go into the past, but end up in 1975, where they meet 
where they meet a young Victor and Patty in bed. At the time, Prue was five, Piper was three, and Phoebe hasn't been born yet. Piper suspects this is the night Phoebe was conceived. Piper and Leo explain things to Patty without giving away too much and finally reveal that Paige and Phoebe are dead and that they have grown up to become the Charmed Ones. So during the credits, seeing all the names and that yeah. I know and remember popping up, I just was like, oh my God, that is so good. This is going to be so good. It just really gave me a good feeling and that I was really looking forward to seeing all of these people. I'm sure the trailer also, you know. Yeah, you know how they love to spoil all, things. Yeah, but I... They could have easily been like a lot of people from the past come back, but we don't know which ones or how many. I would have been shocked to see. I was very shocked to see the boys. Like, I didn't expect them to come back at all. I thought they were just going to focus on the Hollowells as far as the women, and that was it. But that, that was cool that they had enough in the budget to bring them all back for one last time. You know, though, I remember possibly being spoiled, Rob, because does any, did everyone remember the Charmed magazines from back in the day? Brad Kern used to have a like a letter thing in there. Like he would answer fan letters. And I had, I think during season eight, the magazines, he might've spoiled. He was trying to save money for people to like things like that. So, and like telling a fan. So it's so sad though, that as exciting it is, it can't be just a surprise because we do see the names cop come on the screen. Unless you're enthralled with the scene and you don't know who, who plays who, which is good then. So I wanted to ask you, do you like that they found a way to incorporate all that who were involved in this last episode? Uh, like, do you, or do you feel like it was an obligation to just bring as many people back as possible? You know, I'm happy it happened. I love it. But at the same time, I think the only, and it's sad, the only character that I would have wanted something bigger with was, wasn't represented. So Either way, I'm happy, but I wouldn't have been sad if they didn't come. Maybe a flash with Grams and Mom and, you know, things like that. But I am glad, though, that we got it in the long run. Very good. Very good. Yeah, I don't mind it either. Uh, did they take a lot of the airtime, you know, just with all these funny reunion moments? Probably so. But I also like the fact that this last episode was a little lighthearted and it wasn't like battle to the death to the very end. You know, uh, yes. So yes. I, I, I don't mind that. I, I think it was fun to to have them all there. Now we we get into uh, the first time travel. Piper and Leo go to uh, Patty and Victor's bedroom while they are about to have sex, and mm -hmm. then uh, we get to see Piper. Uh, we get to see Patty freeze. Oh my god, that was I'm sure Leo. That's the last thing he expected to happen yep. coming back from being frozen for how many episodes is to be frozen again. But do you approve of Finola's freezing motion? Yes, because I like that it's very maybe more distinct to her version of the freeze, how she went about it than Holly's. So yeah, I do like that. And I like how fast she was. God, she yeah. was on it. She was very reactive. She didn't waste any time. Too bad that uh, they didn't get uh, the previous Victor to step in from oh the- Oh my gosh, <laughs> that would have been hysterical. Can you imagine if they had- No, because I just think it's funny that they went back to the past before, you know- Phoebe was born. So to me, the old Victor, the one, the actor who played him was that Victor. 
And <laughs> I just think it would have been such a funny inside joke to cast him just for that one pass scene. That would have been hysterical. That actually, but you know, to me, this daddy Victor will always mask that evil looking original Victor. I just go back to the Christmas videotape. That's not my Victor. <laughs> and it's Alyssa playing their mother, right? So yeah, it's so funny that that's those two. So funny. I just think it was funny. It's also crazy that she didn't mention she lost three daughters. So she's explaining everything mm. to Patty. And she's like, yeah, you know, Paige and Phoebe died. But she doesn't say anything about Prue. And, and Patty doesn't even ask about Prue. I would have a lot of questions, but honestly, so she finds out that she is the mom of the charmed ones. Right. And I know that she doesn't have Paige at this point, but it's just funny. It's like she met Paige and she's like power of three, but yet I had four kids. You have some explaining to do. Like none of that <laughs> drama came up. And Unless she could it have been that she thought, Oh, it went to the first three. <laughs> <laughs> Patty has this great smile, though, overhearing that she has Paige as well, which I think was adorable. And later on, a certain character mentions that Coop is so connected with Phoebe that all she had to do is think of him to I was going to bring that up. Phoebe dead. Phoebe dead and Coop is oblivious. I guess they weren't so connected after all, Rob. Again, remind me if I forget. We'll talk about it when that scene happens. (laughs) Patty suggests they use their family magic to get Piper to where she needs to go. She believes that if they can get Grams to travel with them, they can recreate the power of three and send away the hollow. The three of them take the ring and travel to go to Grams, but they end up in the future where an elderly couple are playing Scrabble. Suddenly, the man asks Leo how to spell Zanku. The woman thinks it's cheating. But the man says he isn't asking her, he's asking himself. It turns out that the elderly couple is the future Piper and Leo. They've been expecting their younger selves. The old Piper and Leo reveal that it's 50 years in the future, and that Piper is Graham's now. They also tell Piper to focus on who she wants to get to with her heart, not her head, and they must work together to get rid of the hollow. Piper and Leo are somewhat relieved that they eventually succeed. They then focus and end up in 1982, where Piper sees Grams talking to her younger self. After young Piper leaves, they introduce themselves, and Grams faints at the sight of Patty because she had died four years ago by that time. Okay, so the idea of reconstituting or at least cre- recreating the power of three temporarily with Graham's Patty and Piper. Do you call shenanigans? I did in our live finale and I'm still kind of calling shenanigans just based on that 70s show. You know, when it had to take Phoebe to in, in her, their mother's stomach to give the power of three. So she was still represented. I, I'll accept it because it's the finale and, and magic. I guess anything is possible. <laughs> but okay, you? yeah, I I didn't mind this idea either. Again, for us the viewers, I think having the power of three with these three different generations, I think was a very nice moment. If I really dug deep into it, I it I probably would find loopholes, but I actually don't mind this. 
Especially when all three of them come from literal different times, too. Yeah, yeah. Which I, I keep saying, where was where was Graham? She wasn't in the manor. They threw Graham's out when <laughs> when things went went. Oh my god, so funny! But yeah, I didn't I didn't mind it. Uh, I found the elderly couple to be so oh. damn adorable, and the fact that they were just spelling out demon names the whole time on the Scrabble board is is genius. Piper bacon cookies for the future revival, <laughs> so cute. Someone mentioned that you and I, Ryan, should review more witch movies mm. for more content. Well, I will say that our elderly Piper played uh, a woman and appeared in Practical Magic, which is <gasps> a witch movie. Yeah. Oh, my God. Is she in the I think she's one of the women in the crowd now. That yeah, she's, yeah. Yeah. I want to say she's in a wheelchair. And uh, oh so my God. that is a witch movie that Ryan and I reviewed together on his show. Plug time. And I absolutely love the movie, but does Rob. So that's the question. <laughs> he does. Uh, come up with a great way of explaining this movie too, which you could hear his um, what he calls this type of movie, and he came up with a term for it. Do you remember what I'm talking about? Um, so you could listen to that at the Radical Retro Rewind podcast. Plug over. <laughs> okay, so at this point of the episode, this is the third time travel. I think it's really cute that Patty is still joining them on this mission as she didn't oh. have to. She was just like, I want to go. This sounds like fun. <laughs> um, I like that she's involved instead of a cameo. And again, this Me is one too. of the reasons why I picked her as MVP. It's just she travels throughout the show with everyone. And I think that out of every cast member, she is the person who had the least amount of time in the series. Yes. And so right. it was great for her to be able to spread her wings throughout this entire episode, in my opinion. Beautifully said. Yeah, but you know Grams had them in one at a time to say the same thing to them as she did with Piper. He's like, you're the special one that you have a gift. You know she was like, okay, send Phoebe in so I could tell her the same thing. Send Piper yeah. in. You know she said that to all of them. Yeah. <laughs> Piper was just there and caught the right moment at the right time. I mean, they supposedly have been trying to push this that her and Grams, you know, since like, her, they were cooking back. She was always there to help her, blah, blah, blah. Beautiful, beautiful. But you're right. But it, I said this in our live finale, but couldn't this have been young Prue? Piper has already gotten every accolade that you can from this show. So that's, all, again, I would have been happy. Young Prue. It didn't even have to be, like I said in the finale, the young girl who played Prue in the 70s episode and a few times. Anyone. Prue. Bam. There she's represented. But no, it has to be Piper. It has. She has to be reminded again how wonderful she is. How Grams loved her. How she was the best little helper. And she was the middle sister. And she's the heart. <laughs> so we also see that Grams faints when she sees her daughter, Patty. Patty's <sighs> super confused. What is wrong? Why are you fainting? What's the big deal? And then she finds out she dies. Now, Patty's face... She turns around and she is giving what what is the show she's on General Hospital Day yes. Lives General Hospital Gen she is giving soap opera face with this turn and this shock on I was like yes 
That's the patty that we know. Show off them soap opera skills. I love Cut it. Cut to commercial. It was done perfectly, I thought. <laughs> uh, so we see the elderly couple playing Scrabble earlier. What board game do you want to be playing with your partner at this age? Candyland. No, um, I love Monopoly. I think that's one of my favorite games, Rob. It takes freaking forever, but Monopoly. Monopoly. What about you? I know you love some villainous. I love me some villainous. I pray to God that I'm still obsessed and have the brain capacity at this age, at that age to continue to play villainous. I love that game so much, but if I'm, if I'm not playing that, I hope to be playing some future charmed game. I, I, they've got to make one in the next 20, 30 years. They've just got to, but if it's not that it's going to be clue or face clue, of course. Yep. Dumaine talks to Billy through the process for her to travel back into the past. But when he mentions she has to focus on the triad rather than Christy, she finally realizes she's been manipulated. Jumaine tells her to go back and ask Christy so she'll understand. While Patty tries to wake Grams, Leo points out that he could be taken away again because the final battle won't have been fought. Grams wakes up and Piper makes introductions and tells her she must help save the charm ones. Grams is skeptical at first, but when Piper and Patty tell her she is the grandmother of the charm ones, Grams is gratified and readily agrees to help. Billy projects herself back into the past at the manor just as the past Billy and Christy arrive. She warms them but past Billy sends present Billy flying into the wall with her telekinesis and goes on to fight. The battle starts to play out as before, but then Piper Grams and Patty arrive to cast a spell, which drives the hollow out of the five girls. Present Billy and Piper merge with their past selves. Time has caught up with itself and Billy and Christy teleport out. The angel of destiny arrives to take Leo back because the final battle has not been fought. All right, so the first thing that I wrote about this scene was Dumaine. I cannot believe he tried to pull a fast one on her (laughs) real quickly. (laughs) I'm really glad that she's not that naive to just, you know, because she could have been in Zen mode, subliminal messaging, you know, let's go to the triad, but she caught on quick, and she was like, you didn't say the magic word. That's not the magic word. What are you talking about? She got in her face. Yeah, so, but he really tried to pull a fast one on her. Also, by this point in the episode, Piper is revealing a lot of information about the future. Leo says we need to be careful not to tell them too much because it could alter the future. What What information are they not supposed to know? Because... They find out about everything in this episode. I mean, I know their memories are erased, but it's just like, what was the point of the warning? If you're just going to tell them everything, what exactly did they leave out? Um, that Prue <laughs> was was killed at this point. No, I, I mean, I it's of course, Leo would have to say that, of course, in character fashion. But you're right. I think it's either that Piper is just cares less at this moment she will do anything she's probably giving every like oh grams this day you die but guess what we know, we need to bring back my sister so anything to get them back i think and she probably figures screw whatever repercussions are going to happen 
Um, I do love that Grams is on board. Like the moment she hears that, oh, I'm the grandmother of the charm ones. Well, yes, I have to save the world right. with them, right? <laughs> right in the Book of Shadows. I thought that they already knew that they were the charmed ones. Um, at this point, mm. like, okay, so Grams is talking to Piper. You have gifts and yada yada or something special. Did she bind their powers at this point? Or she did it when they were older, right? So they've all yeah, had so powers th- at this, this point. Is, yeah, this makes no sense because I think she only bounds them right like later on. Okay, she bound them later on. Does she not have the Book of Shadows at this point? There's a Book of Shadows, no, she, right? Yeah, she has the Book of Shadows. Of okay, course, so it's at, from Melinda Warren's time. So yeah. at what point do they discover that they're the Charmed Ones? I, am, am I just it, missing something? I'm not calling Shanae. I just don't remember because she no, looked I don't super shocked when she was told that these three girls are the charmed ones. Now, I understand that witches can have three kids. That doesn't mean that they're the charmed ones. And because they have a third child, it doesn't. It, it's not supposed to click in. I just don't know how they found out because she looked shocked mm. at this age. And I thought that she knew. I think she should have. If we're going by that 70s episode, it makes more sense because they were much younger and Phoebe wasn't even born. But you're right, at this time, Piper looks about, what, they say 13 or something? So Phoebe would have been definitely been born at this time. So, uh, yeah, I think it's just poor writing. So That series Bible, that charmed whatever they had back then, was not complete for these writers. Well, I mean, they, they had the spirit board and it was writing about, you know, the, the power of three and whatnot. It, yeah. And the Book of Shadows definitely talks about their heritage. I'm just... I just don't know when all of this was written in if she didn't know at that point in Graham's life that they and weren't they, the charm ones. And they do have to know, right? You're, you're thinking me think of all things before Paige is born because they said they got rid of Paige so it didn't have something on the legacy of the power of three, remember? Like them not getting their power of three because of Paige then. So, yes, yeah, somewhere along the line, they had to have found out that they were, the, or maybe they just assumed, well, she's got three daughters. <laughs> well, unfortunately, I didn't have time to do heavy research. If there's an explanation out there, I'd love to hear it. I just assumed that they would know by now. And if not, when did they find out? And how did they find out? You know, did, did Melinda come down and just be like, and by the way, <laughs> <laughs> I hope, but well, Graham looked like she was shocked. Even a ghost, like it just Patty, sucks right? that they. It just sucks that they didn't get to train for this. You know, it's just like it's the charm ones. Like you can't have them discovered on a whim. So I'm just like, but I understand why she did it. They're not ready. They can't go into it. I, you know, all of it means everything. So I totally get it. So then we go into you know the the somewhat present before the battle and Christy with her mean face during the scene. I think I mentioned that before. Is <laughs> yeah, just a oh, mug. When you have your first future self, this is Billy telling you, "Do not do this. You will die. This does not work." I don't know how enraged Billy was, but to literally ignore a future self. And, and I don't not think she thought think, it was really her, maybe? But, okay, so there's the thing. If it wasn't her, why didn't she kill her? Why did she just throw her against the wall? If it was, like, a demon or whoever trying to get after her, impersonating her, I would have chopped her head off. But if she really thought it was just her future self, oh, let's just get her out of the way because she doesn't know what she's talking about. It's like either deep down Billy knew that she needed that voice in her head to tell her this is a horrible idea and she didn't want to listen to it, or she's dumb 
she wow. has somebody from the future wow. saying you will die so what is going on in this scene why did she push her against the wall you know when she had those Christy blinders on when she was with that girl she only that's all she could think about but could it have been because they had the hollow in them it made her just like power like get away kind of thing because we're assuming at that point they were going to battle the charmed ones right after that so yeah i i think it's just shows how stubborn billy became with <laughs> with christy or dumb rob said dumb so that's a good that's a good <laughs> uh so piper is featured considerably more than either bb or page in this episode yeah. right so largely due to the fact that both P- phoebe and page died at the end of Kill Billy Volume 2. This is also because Alyssa mm. needed time to visit family during filming, and Rose was flying back and forth filming Planet Terror. I believe yeah. that you mentioned this. Yes. Yes. Okay, so I do remember that. So Holly filled in the time since Alyssa and Rose took on more screen time while she was heavily pregnant in the late season six. So uh, I don't know exactly how much of that is true. This is a note that I found to be interesting. So I wanted to kind of read it. Uh, What did you think about all of this? You know, last episode, sorry about it. I got other stuff I got to do at this time. You know, a show's a show. Even if it's the last episode, it's not going to stop me from my other projects. Yeah. What do you think? That's when you, that's when honestly it comes down to actors. It is a project because you have to get your next lined up if you're, you know, an actor actually. Like that's the, that's the way you, you're already thinking of, okay, I did this for eight years, but what am I doing next? What's the next hit? What's this? But, I think it's or honestly it shows how checked out they what they were at the end, especially Alyssa and Rose. Like, you know what? Like, I don't even care if it's the finale. I got Planet <laughs> Terror to you know film, and I got to visit my family. But honestly, I would have. I I I am okay with what we got, but wouldn't it have been cool with more scenes with them? Yeah, no, definitely. I would have loved it too. Um, And then the last thing that I have for this scene is Angel of Destiny, of course, taking forever and a day to appear. She just had to float around. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Let's make sure I got everybody's attention. Then I will flare and wave my robe. And there you have it. (laughs) She had to make that entrance. Piper explains everything to Paige and Phoebe, but notes they're back where they started. Suddenly, Wyatt and Chris appear from the future. They reveal that they were fighting demons in their time when, without warning, Wyatt lost his powers. Billy and Christy are walking down the downtown street. Christy wants to get back to magic school so they can get Domain's help to kill the Charmed Ones. Billy tries to tell Christy that Domain and the Triad have been using them all along. Christy isn't willing to listen, even when Billy tells her that Domain tried to get her to go to the Triad first. Christy heads off to magic school on her own. A disillusioned Billy realizes that her sister has become a killer. Okay, so Wyatt and Chris's, in, you know, entrance. I love this. I did not expect it. They just come out of nowhere. Yeah, let's just throw in future, future <laughs> uh, children coming back and having to be involved with the past now. This is very Spider-Man No Way Home, in my opinion, when the other Peters come in. Is just yes. so out of left field. Well, I mean, we all knew that they were coming, but it's just like in the movie. It's just like, okay, let's just bring some alternates in here. I just thought it was an epic moment, at least for me. I was jumping in my seat when it happened. 
because you got Chris with his stubble. Oh my oh, god! Yes. And you know Wyatt being all like happy, but leave it up to Chris. Chris is of course still emo blazing. It's like <laughs> he's got a lot of his mom in him. I think he's yeah. more of the Piper, he, she, and Wyatt's more of the Leo. But yeah, Wyatt's looking very happy and zen and cheerful, and I love it. And Wyatt actually hasn't even met Graham, so I thought that was a nice little moment too. But uh, this, so this... that actually one I wanted to ask you: Does that mean he remembers Chris remembers Graham? So hit, nothing happened to him. He remembered everything when he went back. And yeah, died. yeah, I believe so. I believe okay. so. Uh, I mean, if any, you know, that's actually a good question because the Chris that we see now would have been the Chris growing up. So I don't know, maybe because of the wickening or anything. Yeah. I don't know if they had a close, close relationship. But yeah, the the Chris that we knew that had all the memories when Grams came back and they defeated that blob monster together. Yeah, he died. yeah. He died. He died. So, exactly. Yeah. Who knows? Who knows? I think again, bad writing. <laughs> but I do love their synchronized wave to Grams. I just yeah, that was really cute. They come as a two-pack, the two of them. I like that. They're just like, yes, the power of two here. Billy goes to Christy and tries to tell her, like, this is a bad idea. Like, we shouldn't be doing this. And, you know, Jumaine is like, go talk to Christy. She'll tell you. You guys were supposed to die for the <laughs> sake of the of the greater good and bringing, you know, the triad back and everything. But Christy's saying, then so be it. I'll die or I'll go alone. Like that is some heavy cultish bolt. Like mm. that, that man, the way that she was just so blindly, like, I don't care. And I was, if I were Billy, I was like, that was not part of the plan. And like, I would never have signed up for this if it meant that you had to die. Right. Like, come on. But yeah, that was some heavy cult shit right there. And it shows you as much as I hate Christy as a character. She really was raised into this. It's unfortunate that this is what it's came down to. Yeah. So the only thing I, and I mentioned this on the live finale was Graham's is okay with having two boys in this very moment. So maybe she's either overloaded because we saw it took Wyatt and then Chris to, you know, really push her over the, so she was overloaded that maybe she had the charmed ones that she forgot everything else. <laughs> <laughs> well, that will segue that into the next thing. Cause I have something about Grams and, and just being okay with the future. <laughs> Back at the manor, Chris and Wyatt explained that Wyatt lost his powers in the middle of a demon fight. And they came back to the present to find out how Coop arrives and Wyatt recognized him as uncle Coop. Leaving Phoebe shocked, Chris, Wyatt, and Patty orb to Victor's apartment. Christy tells Dumaine Billy has abandoned them, but there's a way to revive the triad without her. Meanwhile, Grams is working on a potion when Henry arrives to talk to Paige. Coop insists on confessing his love to Phoebe, but Phoebe can't handle it and goes to talk to her sisters after giving him the ring back. Dumaine shimmers in to grab Coop and the ring. Billy arrives and asks to talk to the sisters. They have vanquishing potions at the ready, but hear her out. She tells them that the triad and Christy have been using her all along and admits that she and Christy stole Wyatt's powers while they, while they were infected with the hollow. 
future Chris and Wyatt show up and reveal that Dumaine is involved and Piper realizes they have to go back in time, but to before they summon the hollow so they can get Wyatt's powers back. Phoebe calls for Coop, but he doesn't respond. So what I what I was saying earlier is just, I love the scene when Grams and Piper are talking and Grams is like, don't tell me she married another white lighter. And she goes, no oh. worse, a mortal. And she was like, good God, did I teach y'all anything? I love that line so much. I thought it was hilarious. <laughs> this is in reference to Paige and Henry. Wasn't her first husband, though, their grandfather, a mortal, right? Like, and she loved him, supposedly. Alan? Alan. Yeah. I just love that little... And she's just, yeah, immortal. She married immortal. Good God. Oh, I love that line. So funny. She did do it great, though. Yeah. So the explanation that we get as to why Wyatt and Chris are sort of involved and affected by what's going on and being able to kind of, like, go back into the past, I find no shenanigans on my end as to why Wyatt and Chris are there. Um, I also do like how Patty wanted to see Victor and that she was just like, what, what don't I know what's going on? And the camera went right to Paige when <laughs> I was like, wow. Oh God, this is so scandalous. But I am very shocked that none of this changed Paige's future. You know, I know Why? that their minds were erased or whatever, but victors i mean i guess they erase victors memories too but like all of it's just funny that they didn't think about this when they were saying all of this you know Paige honestly could never have been born because no. victor immediately is just like yeah you left me for your white lighter i'm like oh my god stop why are you talking this is why they they had to have either figured they were gonna erase these minds or bulls to the wall just do everything doesn't matter doesn't matter anymore yeah bring back my sisters (laughs) (laughs) and of course Wyatt is our very own Tom Holland who is just someone who just can't keep a secret he just spoils everything and the shocked look on his face after Chris hits him because Chris knows better Chris is like I've done this before we don't say things we're not supposed to say but why he can't help himself and he's just like oh my god i'm so sorry and chris is like you goddamn dumb bitch <laughs> but i and like that, that of, whole thing and that of course is your witch watcher quote of yes that is my witch watcher quote which is uncle coop oh <laughs> from adult wyatt <laughs> so damn cute you know patty's face is still dropped poor thing you know she was so happy to see victor and even loved him with the gray hair and she was just like what we're divorced she just was devastated just so devastated it it, it is terrible with this woman and then he tells her about prue later on we find out damn but she really did love this man she really did so i mean when they broke up it must have been really, really heavy that their marriage just kind of turned the way that it did. They explain that in the future, they're as one, and all she has to do is think about him to summon him. She does this, and he appears in great pain. He reveals that Domain took his ring, and they plan to go back in time to warn the triad. Billy thinks they've already gone back, but she can go back in time as well. Domain and Christy find past Domain talking with the Triad. They try to warn the Triad that they have to get the Hollow before the Charmed Ones do. 
Just then, the Charmed Ones and Billy arrive as well. The Charmed Ones vanquish the Triad with potions. Then Piper blows up present domain. Past domain starts to shimmer away. But Piper blasts him mid-shimmer and blows him up as well. In the future... Chris says, hey, you and Phoebe are like one. This is what I was referring Mm. to back then. So we're finally at this scene. At this point in their relationship, they are not as one. I'm sorry. I don't believe this one bit. I don't like the fact that she was able to just call him. And if anything, Coop would be able to hear her. Therefore, he would be able to go to her himself. But for her to literally override his powers and call on him to literally appear in front of him no i don't believe this at all i thought this was a cop out and again it just matches to when coop couldn't even fight for his life when Dumaine kidnapped him i thought all of that was bull but for some reason they needed to get a hold of coop's ring so there you have it they literally made this man it's so crazy he is just exists to be married to phoebe like this character like you said he doesn't really do anything (laughs) He just exists to give her a husband, which is so sad for Phoebe. I don't know. (laughs) Well, we even get more time travel at this point. It's like, my God, how many times are you going to time travel? Oh, my God. Uh, Piper, when they defeated the triad in Dumaine, I'm surprised that she didn't go after past Dumaine first, thereby killing future Dumaine at the same time. But she went after future Dumaine first. That it, that's really freaking a good idea, Rob. Unless she, no, she had to have known the one in the front was. Well, maybe Dumaine was making her move, his move or something, and that's why he had to go first. But it's lucky that she was able to get both of them before, because if he had shimmered out, we would have gone through this whole mess again. I'm sure. So, but is this anticlimactic for you, Rob? Was this anticlimactic? I said this again on well, the, the live finale. Well, the triad stuff was. But as far as the big battle, I think the biggest threat was trying to convince Billy that she shouldn't go through with this. And oh, right. Keeping right. the sisters alive and everything. So I think that was the biggest threat. They were just closing up loose ends. Because Piper did a bloodbath. They got the trio. She got two domains. And then all it took was a flick of a wrist for Christy. <laughs> Bye. The Hollowells explain that Billy brought them back by projecting herself to Christy. Before Christy can react, Paige orders the ring from Christy's finger, and Christy accuses Billy of betraying her. Billy begs Christy one last time to give up evil. Instead, an enraged Christy launches a huge fireball at them. However, Billy telekinetically deflects it back, finally putting Christy out of her misery. As soon as she realizes that she has just killed her sister and that her entire family is gone, Billy breaks down in tears as the Charmed Ones confront her. All the Hollowells are reunited at the manor and Wyatt has his powers back. He happily orbs to his mother's side to show them. They reveal Billy has gotten back her own way and needs to be alone for a bit. The Angel of Destiny later arrives with Leo and reveals this is this was how the battle was supposed to end. Victor and Patty arrive with the children and Coop reveals he can take Patty and Grams back and make sure that they won't remember what they've learned. Patty reveals that Victor told her Prue is dead and it's one thing she wants to forget. Everyone shares a happy moment 
before going their separate ways. So I'll say it again. I believe Billy in the scene when she's crying over her sister. I know some people mentioned in the last yeah, episode. Yeah, was it Annie? I think Annie. She's she like has that a one little bit. <laughs> yeah, a little bit of an ugly cry for her. But I, again, I believe her in this. I don't really like her as much, but having to kill your own sister in that instant, no goodbye, yeah. quick reaction, watching her die, all of that is just no good. I felt bad. And the charmed ones were like, they're there, patting her on the <laughs> head like Baymax. Sorry. <laughs> they were just like, oh, bye. <laughs> she found her own way home. She took right. her own Uber. <laughs> so, again, the huge reunion that we have at the end, I found to be so great. It was amazing. Especially the, the Coop, Chris, Phoebe hugging Grams. That little thing because then they started just laughing out of nowhere which i thought was very meta uh i don't know if that was written in for them to just be having that much fun i think there was some kind of like fun shenanigans going on behind the scenes but i really love that interaction and i'm surprised that they never made this as like a, a traditional holiday thing like Chris and White from the future coming back grams and patty coming back and just having like a holiday together but then so they often, can't like remember it anyway, right? So I know, it's that'd tough. be sad. But uh, yeah, I'm surprised they didn't really like do that a whole lot. Because you never get to see them all in one room together. It would be beautiful. That would be the ideal witch storyline, that they, they would be able to do this. But no. <laughs> so there was that one moment that Patty looks at Pipe uh, Page and says, everything happens for a reason. I think it was a great moment for the Page character. And, you know, I'm always there for both of my girls, so. Yeah. The next day, Piper comes down and suggests that she and her sister should write down everything in the book so they can pass it down the way it was passed down to them. Each writes down what they've experienced, and we see what will happen in the future. Coop and Phoebe marry. The Angel of Destiny presides, and they have three daughters while Phoebe publishes a New York bestseller book called Finding Love. It also shows that Billy and the sisters remain very close friends as she's seen babysitting Phoebe's two eldest daughters while Phoebe and Coop rush to the hospital to deliver their third daughter. Henry continues to look after his parolees and has a son and two daughters with Paige, who continues to guide the next generation of witches and future white lighters after embracing her white lighter side. Okay, so this scene we get everyone's entry in the book plus a sort of look into the future as how their lives have uh, come together. So Phoebe, can you believe that Phoebe was married for the third time now? <sighs> My goodness. <laughs> do, do we, we like the, do we do we count the Dex marriage that was annulled, right? Yes, I count the Dex marriage. Oh, you did? Okay. <laughs> yes. Well, actually, she kind of got married for, well, no, the, when they were possessed by ghosts, I don't think that mar that wedding went through all the way. So, yeah, I think this was the yeah. third time. Correct me if I'm wrong. Was that still the condo that they were living in? Yeah. Yeah. They she stayed made with in that, that condo. condo with three kids. Three I know she kids. didn't, I know she didn't buy a condo that big. Damn. I mean, they didn't have, they didn't want any other budget for this episode. They were like, no, Phoebe's condo. She's there. Like you said, for three children, not just one starting off two. 
She and they're about to have a fourth. Sarah. Right? Wasn't she pregnant? No, that was their third. That was, She was having the third. The third. Girl. Okay, no. very good. Yeah. Well, like, Jesus, move out of the condo. My goodness. <laughs> uh, do we like Billy's hair in this one? Looking all like an old auntie. Miss Karen from accounting. <laughs> Better than her mother. Better than her mother's hair. <laughs> All in that really? bun. Woman, you ain't old. Don't even try it. You still I look younger really... than everyone. I, exactly. I was like, damn. They even gave her a sweater that made her look young. I'm like, no, no, no. Give Make her older. Make her older looking somehow. Her bun. <sighs> <sighs> All right. Then we have Paige. Good for them for adopting another child, keeping in the, the tradition of how... They, you know, they're both, they both were adopted. Her as a social worker, it made sense that they were going to adopt a child. Um, but they had twins, and yes. then there's little Henry. So are we saying that little Henry is adopted, or? Yes, I believe it's, I think that's in the comics, yes. And I think it's them, because I think. Oh, so they have been... another child that's adopted uh, outside of mm. these three, or is it? No, I think Henry ends up being the adopted adopted one okay because the twins i think have magic i think they're called cat and camera or something like that okay if i i mean this is going on things i read years ago so i don't know but also yeah, I, think he's I loved Paige and her glasses i thought she looked great um and i'm also glad that she is still using magic and stopping demons and stuff yes. like that too so i think that's awesome uh, and then we get Piper, who opens up her own restaurant. I think that's great. Also, her cooking again. Leo definitely is doing very well as headmaster. Still not paying the bills, but he's got something <laughs> to do. Uh, so I think their futures turned out great. Uh, I wonder, do you think the cl- the club was closed? Yeah, yeah I think she got it, rid of I the club. Is. Yeah. Interesting. Why not sell it to Billy? No, just <laughs> <laughs> Um, so this scene, of course, gets me every time we discussed it in great lengths on our live stream. We did our own versions of it. Uh, I love seeing everyone's future. That's why I think Forever Charmed is such a blessing to have in the scheme of things. So season eight might have brought things that we didn't like so much, but it gave us, I think, a more of a proper, proper ending. Since we didn't get pictures, and I said this on the finale, during the montage, just having an actress glowing from behind with long, dark hair and having them say, Prue, or one of them saying it like, and then having to get finally meet my sister, our sister lost so long ago. All it takes is a second from behind and then a smile on Piper's face or Phoebe's face. Well, no Shannon, no P- Prue. It could have been called Dark Haired Lady. They tried their very best. They they gave the the granddaughter the power to move things and shut the door in the same fashion. Even the last sort of use of power with Paige was also telekinesis. Like I mean, I they tried. They really tried to to give tribute to her the best way that they could. So I can't fault them for that. You know, I'm not jumping on this train with you. I but I get it. I understand why you're upset. Because the picture, not even a kid picture, Rob. I don't believe that they couldn't include a kid's a kid picture on that wall. Ask Shannon. I'm telling you, it's her. You can't blame the show. It's all her. No, like even like I said, the girl, little girl, Prue. That they have a picture of her with uh, with Piper that I've seen a million times as they took during that '70s show. That's all it took, and I would have smiled. 
like they can't say that Shannon said no pictures of the actress that's nice. So like to me, that's just like you didn't want to be part of it. F you, pro. It's Piper and Leo have a daughter named Melinda. Piper also follows her dreams of opening a restaurant while Leo once again becomes headmaster of the reclaimed magic school and helps to train the next generation of witches until he retires. By then, Wyatt, Chris, and Melinda have already taken over the fight between good and evil. The story suddenly goes forward to the year 2050, where it ends with an elderly Piper reading the last lines of their saga to her granddaughter, Prudence. Before going upstairs with an elderly Leo as they pass the pictures of their family, past present on the walls, the couple's other grandchildren run into the manor and Prudence telekinetically swings the doors closed for a final time, using her namesake's distinctive flick of the hand. As they do, we see a final flash of the Triquetra, symbolizing the power of three. So it was very, very cute to see all of these photos. I loved all of these framed photos on the wall. I thought it was very nice music. Again, I'm very surprised that this couple did not age more walking up these stairs because that was just the longest sequence ever. (laughs) (laughs) It really was. Then we see like a horde of grandkids come running through the house. I'm actually very surprised that not one of those kids turned out evil mm, or just rebellious maybe, or anything right? like i'm guessing maybe in their teen years some of that stuff would be tested but i'm very shocked not one of them turned evil or rebelled against the family that's a great question especially phoebe's kids no i think it's just meaning that they got their happy ending but you're right in the scheme of things what is it like one in every f- f- how many people is probably a psychopath or something (laughs) (laughs) Uh, so again with the notes that i've seen from this episode i'm gonna give you some stats here over the course of the series a total of 610 evil beings were vanquished wow the majority were demons at 466 26 warlocks 39 vampires 18 dark lighters 11 mortals 11 shit yeah 8 evil witches and 46 various others make up the rest the charmed ones themselves have vanquished 374 beings of the remainder 23 are vanquished by Cole 25 by Leo 27 by Billy and Christy 34 by other good guys and 127 by other bad guys because you know how they're against each other. <laughs> I found oh those numbers God. to be really interesting. I like those stats. Yeah, that's really interesting to hear. Yeah. So that concludes the recap portion of this revisited, remastered episode of Forever Charmed. Uh, my uh, high stakes meter has not changed. I still feel this is between upper level and, and deadly. Uh, while there was a lot at stake here, the way that it was executed did not feel a lot was going on as far as danger. Again, that deadly moment was all in the previous episode, so that's where I stand with this. Has it changed for you? 
I mean, you're right. Um, I picked Deadly in the finale, but Rob is right. It should probably be more towards the middle. If you look at the two episodes maybe as one two-hour thing, I would say it was Deadly. But yeah, splitting it up. But um, definitely between the two, because just the loss of Paige and Phoebe alone was, was pretty huge. So, But you're right, the execution, it took Piper a flick of the wrist. Boom, boom, boom. All right. Well, we do appreciate you guys listening to this once again, should you have chosen. Uh, there were a lot of thoughts, like I said, that I didn't get to mention from the previous. Uh, so thank you for allowing me to be able to share more of my thoughts on this last episode. And uh, thank you again for all the wonderful feedback and, and suggestions on which we should do going forward. I know a lot of you do not want us to stop. And technically we don't either, but right now... This is a four years in the making. I think it's time that we take a little bit of a step back. But again, we will be back for the anniversary of Charmed back in October with the review of the Charmed Illustrated Storybook. So definitely look forward to that and um, look out for the quiz show next week. Thank you so much, Charmies, for your support during our live finale, during the whole run of the series. And we can't wait to come back in October with that Charmed Illustrated book. 24 years, baby. Okay, so as I mentioned before, we read a lot of Charmy Confessions in written word, but on this remastered episode, we are giving you the remaining voicemails that were left for us uh, before our last recording. So it looks like that Samantha has given us lots of her thoughts here. We have not heard any of this, so this is first time listening. Here we go. Hi, Robin Ryan. It's Samantha. I wanted to put in one more voicemail because, hey, we're towards the end. So I just thought I should put in one more voicemail. Really wanted to talk about just my overall thoughts on season eight. And since we are so close to the end, and of course, congratulations on making it this far and recapping the whole season, uh, sorry, series, especially with losing one of the original hosts. Uh, so you've done really well to get this far and I'm sad that it's ending, but congratulations that we've gotten this far. Um, so I've generally, I've never hated this season. I'm not saying I've ever thought it was the best season of Charmed, but I think it does have its strengths as well as its flaws. And I wanted to just run through what I like and what I don't like about the season. So let's start with the negative, what I don't like. Um, I feel that this season isn't necessarily bad story, but it probably does have the weakest writing out of all the seasons on the show. And sometimes the writing feels to me almost like the writing of the Charmed reboot, I'd hate to say. It's just that some of it just feels so rushed, like I love Paige and Henry, which is in my prose for the season, but yeah, is it actually believable 
that Paige gets married within, what, four or five episodes to him. Um, it's great as fans to see her get married and find her person, but it's just those things where I felt I had to suspend my disbelief just a little bit more this season because it's just the writing is just a bit poorer compared to maybe the earlier seasons of the show. Um, so it was almost like there was a lot of good ideas but sometimes a bit of poor execution in how the episodes were written. Um, so next things I probably don't love is, again, Kaylee Kiwoko. I don't think it's necessarily a bad character and she's not a bad actress. I just don't think she fits Charmed as a show. She doesn't fit the other cast members as they have with other guest stars. And wrapping up my this dislikes of the season, it's probably about – if I had a choice, there's maybe half a dozen episodes in this season I would have just deleted and gotten rid of. Um, I remember Brad Kern saying he actually thought this was going to be a 13-episode season and I can't help but feel, especially considering the budget cuts, like maybe it would have been a much stronger season overall if it, it didn't feel like they had to pad it out with the filler episodes. But again, they kind of their hands were tied. They had less money and then they had to produce 22 episodes again. And it also feels with this season, that the lead actresses to me they just feel like they're a bit tired and they're a bit ready to go Uh, they're ready to wrap up the show they're ready to move on they've been doing it for a long time and again if they only had to produce half the amount of work they usually do maybe they would have um just been had a felt a bit more energetic and it just would have felt like the enthusiasm was there a bit more Okay, so let's talk about what we've heard so far. Thank you again, Samantha, for the the kind words on on the podcast. We really appreciate it. Uh, Some of the things that she didn't like, uh, the way that it was written, sounding a lot like the reboot. You know more about it than I do. Do you happen to agree? Yeah, I, I when Samantha said that, I totally knew what she what she meant. How the reboot kind of rushed everything and then continue you know at the end although probably in the long run this still is better than what they did on that reboot but yeah and this idea of 13 episode season that might have improved the quality over overall and maybe even eliminating the billy character at that point because they didn't need like a younger cast member to you know pad out for the actresses like what happened like to give them more time off so that definitely so samantha also mentions uh kaylee not possibly fitting in with the cast what do you think well i mean they they tried to hit a different sort of generation with billy uh, a different attitude we've talked about this throughout the series but let's just say that rebellious new york phoebe came back and stayed that way throughout the entire series that who is who billy is and yeah the show definitely would have been different with that different you know dynamic as far as fitting the vibe for one season i don't see too much of a heavy impact but if this same sort of dynamic was throughout the rest of the series i probably would have been like Uh, yeah she doesn't fit that's, that's just okay. me, initial yeah. reaction. I think for what we got, I actually think she's not as annoying as possibly another character, like like a Jenny or something. Like, that's what you think of when they add a young character to a show to make it, you know, give it life. Billy, up until the Christie thing, I'll still say I'll, I'll take her. I'll take her for what, for what it is. And uh, you mentioned this. It seems that fan- Samantha agrees with you. 
you know, they they checked out. The sisters are kind of <laughs> oh done. God, yeah. Uh, I don't know. Do you find this to be poor sportsmanship, you know, professionalism? You know, Prue mentioned this. Shannon mentions this. Mm. Uh, do, you, do you think that even though they're kind of wiped out? And look, they're human beings, right? It's their job. We all check out sometimes and we're just not putting in our 100% as we used to. We hold these actors, though, to a very high standard as though they are above us as the admiration, the obsession, the, you know, admiring. We put them on this level to be appreciated more than just the standard employee at McDonald's or an admin job. Apparently, they are just meant to be, like, admired and 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 put on a pedestal. So do they have an exemption for dropping the ball from checking out from not putting in their hundred percent every freaking time? Or do we treat them as humans and think like they check out doing something for so long, like everybody else. And so it's understandable. Do they have an excuse here? or Are they being unprofessional? I think honestly, I could see both ways. I think, you know, if you're if you agree to do something, I would say you still if you all sign on for another season, you know what it incorporates and either you're going to give it your all or you're not. That's how I say maybe because that's how I would want to go about jobs. Um, but I know. Yes, it's true. I mean, eight years is a long time. Five for Rose. But at the same time, I think Rose even said it like with the feud with Alyssa, whatever. I'm not taking you know, saying who's right, but she's saying when you're making like billions of dollars and all you do is complain about your job, who wants to hear that? You know, like if you can just look pretty and sit at your paper, you know, kind of thing. And like sometimes have to hold your hands up. I mean, I'm not just saying that's all it entails, but at the same time, it's like people struggle every day for hours on end, like heavy labor. And, you know, if you could have this, this job, you know, maybe give it your all, maybe give it what you got. Yeah. And my statement prior, you know, to, to this question, I'm speaking more on just the overall idea that we are putting these actors and actresses on a pedestal as if they're better than us or deserve more praise. And like, it's, you know, I, I think it's, awesome that you see somebody that you admire or, or find to be really cool on TV and you see them in person. It's just like, wow, honestly, literally I saw two actors uh, leave a show that I attended. I had no idea that they were there, but they were just walking along the street along with all of us. Like it was nothing. And I geeked out. I didn't do it in front of them. They didn't know that I noticed them, but I was like geeking out about it. And I was like, Oh my God. And I'm like, why am I freaking out? They're just people. But it's still really cool to see people that you see on TV of all course. the time yeah. in Mean's person. Something. It's just the culture that was embedded in all of us. But at the same time, it's still kind of ridiculous that, you know, actors and actresses get all of this praise for just being human and doing a job like everybody else is doing. And so with that being said, it's like you you work hard to where you've gotten in your life and in your career. But at the same time, if you don't give a shit, then why should we? And that's, right. that's what I think. A, mm, so I, you know, I, I'm going to call a little bit on them for checking out. It kind of sucks, but I wish they hadn't. Maybe Holly didn't as much, but 
yeah, I, I think, yeah, I, I, I agree. I agree. Okay, let's move on. Uh, for, before I go into my things I like, um, just quickly covering what I feel neutral about. Uh, surprisingly, I actually don't miss Daryl not being in this season. I just feel his character, they really wrapped it up by the end of season seven. It felt complete. So when season eight started, I thought I was really going to miss him. And I actually just didn't. I just didn't really miss him from the show. Uh, Leo being gone, um, you know, that kind of sucked. But as some people have pointed out, not having Leo in the show forced particularly Piper to focus on more her sisters and it became a show again where the girls kind of just had each other and that actually does have its strengths, which I do like. And so, yeah, I would if I was had a choice, I would have had Leo in every episode, but I think it does have its pros at least. Um, so now on to my things that I do like. Um, I feel the show had to be a bit more creative because of its budget cuts. So it just seemed like because they couldn't really do the big fancy special effects that they had done in previous seasons, there were just like episodes that I really enjoyed like Payback's a Witch and Desperate House Witches and The Young and the Restless where they were really exploring really human things from a magical perspective but I just I really enjoyed that it kind of brought the series like a little bit more grounded or more grounded feeling so I thought that was great um I love Phoebe in this season as well I I mean Phoebe was my favorite Halliwell for the first three to four seasons and then that became replaced with Paige and I am in the camp that did find her character became very grating in the middle of the show but I actually think that this season we got the Phoebe of maybe season four like She's a really great mentor to Billy. She's really kind and caring and mature. And I just feel she, we kind of got that Phoebe back, which was wonderful. Okay, so let's comment on what she said here. So I should be like outraged that somebody didn't want or didn't care that Daryl was not in the last season. But I do agree with you. His story had wrapped up. What I will say to that is I don't think it should have wrapped up like that. And there's only one little thing that I would change, and that's the heavy respect on what Daryl did for them. I don't feel that there was an actual moment the sisters looked at him and was like, I'm sorry about your partner Andy dying. I'm sorry that you were brought into this magical world and that you almost lost your wife. I am so sorry that we used you and made you do things to against your will. And I really, really appreciate you putting your life on the line for us. And if you ever felt that you were taken for granted, you weren't and you are important. We didn't get any of that for Daryl. So while his story did close, and I'm glad that he was able to move safely away with his family... I don't think that the sisters acknowledge exactly what it is that Daryl was doing for them this whole entire time. And that will always not sit right with me. That's why I believe if he had been given one episode to come back this season, I think we would have gotten that like Daryl, I just, we just want to tell you blah, blah, blah. Cause he's going back to the East coast. That would have Brought the character back for everyone to see again, which would have been great. Even cl- closer to the end, we need Daryl. Wouldn't that have been a great callback? And then have them be able to have this closure with the characters in their real forms, with their real faces, and then tell Daryl that. That would have been amazing. 
Yeah, and but but to your point, Samantha, yes, there was really nowhere else the story was going to go with him, and especially with the inclusion of Billy. Uh, again, unless he was heavy with Henry and his way of incorporating himself with the sisters, there really wasn't a reason for him to be there. I just wish that they that he had gotten that moment. So Samantha also brings up Leo and being gone, not not minding it, as well as her liking Phoebe more this episode, going back to maybe more of a Phoebe from the past. I have to agree with that. And I also have to add in Piper. I think Leo's absence really, for me as well, really, truly... I think I, I might have said it a few. She's like actually calm and relaxed. Like she she's working on this task. I, I It's a really refreshing thing. And I think Samantha's right that taking him away actually gave it more of a smaller story with the sisters and the, them just having each other. That's why it's, I always thought too, that it sucked that Phoebe moved out at that very moment when all this shit was going down. But thank God for her loft. It came in for the finale. Where would she live for the future? <laughs> <laughs> all right, here's the next message. I know that in this season, uh, Phoebe gets a bit of flack for kind of being on this I want a baby kick, um, but I think we've got to remember as well that Alyssa Milano at this time in her life was in Phoebe's position. She was in her early 30s, wanted to have a baby, what, what knew she wanted to be a mother, and she's single. Um, and honestly, I'll be a little bit vulnerable that I'm actually in Phoebe slash Alyssa's situation right now. I'm in my early 30s. I ended a long-term relationship um, around the age of 30, 31. Um, And I know that I do want to have my own children. And when you're a woman particularly, it's really tough. Um, It's hard. Um, I think people say as human beings we hit our 30s and often we have a natural pull and a a draw to want to reproduce, and that's something I relate to. And it's tough when you see your friends having babies and you're single and you don't know if this is going to happen for you, and it can really take over. I could totally, I've totally heard that from a lot of people, Samantha. So you're not alone. Like this need to, you know, like your, your chance is running out. Like we heard with for Phoebe. So I definitely go out to anyone who has those feelings. And in terms of this with how that this is written into the show, maybe the writing isn't great. Um, but I just feel that sometimes the fans can be a little bit dismissive that this isn't a genuine desire that someone like Phoebe in her position would have. Um, And if you don't want to have children or this isn't something you've experienced or you haven't been in that situation, that's fine. Uh, But it's something that I I do relate to. I know many many who do. Um, So I I think it's important to maybe, I think the fans should maybe cut the criticism a little bit of this, um, especially if they just can't relate to what that might feel like um, if you were a woman in Phoebe's situation. Um, Also, speaking of Phoebe, I love Coop. This is kind of the positives of the season. Again, Coop and Henry, I think, were great characters that they introduced. So I think they were great, uh, you know, partners for Phoebe and Paige to end up with. Stand your ground, Samantha. Tell it like it is. You know, there are a lot of Phoebe haters out there, so it's good to see that somebody is standing in her corner. <laughs> uh, but, you know, you know, we we all interpret, you know, media and, and entertainment and television a lot differently than others. So it makes sense that, you know, somebody would see this in a different way, and it usually comes down to experience. So, Yeah. Uh, you know what? And 
it's not only what Samantha just said now, and other Charmies on this season, too, have given me a better perspective on Phoebe's, maybe, what's going on in her mind a little more. So um, I will have that in the back of my mind the next time I rewatch the series. And uh, I I do love Henry, and I think Coop is just utterly, utterly hot. I know I Ryan isn't. Ag- <laughs> I love him. But yeah, yeah, th- these these were great partners. I'm not dissatisfied at all with who they ended up with. Um, so yeah, Phoebe ended up with cardboard, but okay. <laughs> like at least he looks good. He looks good. All right, last uh, message from Samantha. Final thoughts. And my final thing that I do really love about season eight is that I just appreciate that we have it um, because while I really love season seven and I actually loved the season finale of that season, I know Robin Ryan, you didn't, you weren't big fans of it. I thought uh, that episode was the most emotionally powerful episode the show had done since all hell breaks loose. At the same time, if that had been the end of Charmed, I just would have felt just sad. It just would, there would be way too many unanswered questions about the show and it just wouldn't have been the ending for me. Whereas at least with season eight, when I watched Forever Charmed, I just felt, yeah, that's the right ending. To me, it felt like this is the ending they wanted. It felt like it's so great to have a series that feels like it's complete. And it's almost like a love letter to the fans at the end. Um, So I just really appreciated that. So that's why I'm happy that there is a season eight. Thank you so much, Samantha, for that. Um, I agree. I remember being thrilled when season seven was over and hearing that there was we were going to get another season. And I, I, I didn't want to have the show leave off like that. I wasn't ready to let go of Charmed. I still wasn't ready to let go of it in season eight. But I definitely know that feeling of being relieved that we did get one more season, regardless of what happens you know drought it and i think this rewatch for both possibly i don't want to speak for rob but i think i'm giving it much more credit than i ever gave uh season eight so yeah i'm here for it well thank you samantha for your lovely thoughts great to hear from you before we close this chapter of brunch with the hollowells and yeah uh I, i i would take on season nine season 10 I like as far as they wanted to go i would have kept watching no matter what yep. so yeah i'm glad that another season was was able to to come out um of this so now we have a uh the a thought on uh piper not searching for Paige in the beginning of the episode here is melanie Hey guys, it's Melanie. I was listening to your podcast and I wanted to offer a possible explanation for why Piper searched for Phoebe and not for Paige in the rubble. Um, I think it's it's kind of been established in different episodes that the sisters can sense each other and that they can especially sense when their other sisters are dead or alive. So I think that Piper probably knew that they were both gone before she even started searching. And when she found Phoebe, it just proved it to her. I don't think she needed to search for Paige to know that she was gone. So that's my two cents. Let me know if I'm missing anything or if you disagree. Love you guys. Love the podcast. So satisfying. Bye. Love her. <laughs> Thanks, Melanie. <clears throat> I absolutely see nothing wrong with that theory. I just, you know, when you when you watch a television show you you don't necessarily need to hand everything out on a silver platter to be explained to you. Yeah, it would have been nice to get some sort of like, I can't sense her. 
let me search, you know, or something like that. So again, I don't see anything wrong with this theory at all. Visually, I just want to see a lot of those types of evidence. Uh, I, for one, think it's more of a joking aside thing with the whole page thing. I, <laughs> you know, I mean, she wasn't there to film and, and be a dead body. So I, I'm just looking at it from a meta standpoint of just like she clearly was not on set at all, even to play dead. So <laughs> with that being said, it was like, we can't search for her. Sorry. <laughs> so it was just more of a joke for me. But I know a lot of people are just like, yeah, you know, she don't give a shit about me. Babe. That's me. I was, you I know, know, I was in that camp. But what do you think? About I, this theory? I, I do love this theory. And I'm so glad you, you did this voicemail and gave us this theory because I will have to put this in my head too, Melanie, because that makes me feel better about it. And we have one last voicemail from Angela. She gives her parting thoughts. Hi, Robin Ryan. I'm a few episodes behind because I've got a four-week-old baby girl at home. But as I see you're approaching that final episode i just wanted to congratulate you on such a wonderful podcast and share a couple of thoughts i had about season eight in the last episode um i don't mind the beginning of season eight the first half there's some fun episodes but i i just have to say that it's worth even the obnoxious parts that i think you have all covered well um to get the finale to me it gives a much better sense of closure and all the warm fuzzies than the end of season seven ever did and yes some things were tied up maybe a little too neatly but i do love the tone at the end and having everyone back in all the cameos so those are my thoughts thanks again for everything you've done with the podcast Thank you, thank Angela. You. As she's taking care of kids, she yeah, thank finds you, time to Baby. leave a message. Yeah, that's really cool. Thank you. Yes, uh, I think overall season eight will be appreciated more just for the simple fact that we didn't have to end it on that questionable ending that we got from season seven. So with that being said, I think, uh, yeah, it, it definitely makes sense that this season will be more appreciated in the future. And I think with even more rewatches, there'll be a lot more favorite moments that will come out of this. And yeah. So I love this. I love that our, our voicemails today, especially was, you know, giving thanks and appreciating season eight. So that's a wonderful way to end the series. Well, that was all of our voicemails for, uh, brunch with the hollowells and this last charming confession thank you so much for listening up until now i didn't expect this episode to be so long but yeah it looks like we all had a lot to say so again thank you once again for going through the last four years with us and uh for binging us for catching up to the end for joining us for the watch party and all the above we really appreciate it and again we look forward to hearing from you on if you ever decide to listen to the podcast again or just rewatching Charmed, always hit us up. We love talking about Charmed all Please. the time. So, yeah, I'm sure we'll hear from all of you guys again. So, thank you. Blessed be Charmies. And I'm, I don't want to get emotional again. So, you could hear my reaction to everything in the finale, but so thankful for every one of you. So thankful for Rob for for Sean starting off in the beginning and setting this journey for me and thank you for the people that have accepted me into the show you are so appreciated and we will be back in October I'm so glad that 
uh, you know, we can continue the charmed legacy. Bye-bye, everyone. Bye.